0: As an operations pastor, I know how hard it is to hire the right people. I also know how hard it is to hire the right people in ministry. That's why I'm thankful for my friends at the Vanderbloemen Search Group. They are the leading search firm for churches and faith-based organizations. Vanderbloemen prayerfully comes alongside your team to guide you through the search process and bring you great candidates that fit your church's unique needs. Visit vanderbloemen.com for more information. That's Vander, B-L-O-E-M-E-N.com. Well, hey, everybody. Welcome to the Unseminary Podcast. My name's Rich, the host around these parts. You know, every week here at Unseminary, we try to uh, gather great leaders from across the country who are leading in some fantastic churches to give you an insight into what's happening in their church and also provide you some kind of practical help. And today's going to be no exception. Uh, It's really my honor today to have Bobby Harrington. He is the executive pastor at Mercy Hill Church. It's a fantastic church in Greensboro, North Carolina, uh, which is a relatively new church um, and, you know, birthed out of the Summit. Church, uh, you may have you know may know J-, J. D. Greer and their vision really to plant a thousand churches over the next forty years. Uh, you know Mercy Hill started out in 2012. It's one of the fastest growing churches in the country, and Bobby uh, has the distinct honor of being the executive pastor, trying to wrangle all that and make it happen. Uh, so, Bobby, welcome to the show.
2: Yeah, man, thanks for having me. Really excited so, about it.
0: I'm so honored that you would uh, you'd be here. Why don't we start with you know tell us a little bit about Mercy Hill? Uh, if people were to come this weekend, what would they experience? And and tell us about your role there.
2: Yeah, so uh, Mercy Hill, we're four years old as a church. Uh, we've just seen kind of exponential growth over the last four years, uh, just through being planted by the Summit Church, and then just kind of really having almost a doubling every single year over the last four wow. years, way, way more than we can expect, and man, what an awesome problem to have. you know, That's good a gold-plated stress. problem. Yeah, bad stress. So, <laughs> Man, uh, we try to really be a gospel-centered church uh, in our preaching. Uh, expositional preaching, also very just attractional in terms of the feel. You know, we don't want anything to be offensive to people except the gospel, so Mm -hmm. we want people to feel uh, very welcome just when they come and the feel of it and worship and everything. And so, man, the main thing we do as a church is our weekend gatherings and then our community groups. Mm -hmm. Uh, I mean, we do other things, but that's kind of primarily what we do. We're a very simple church model. Yep. So, yeah, that's kind of us awesome in a nutshell.
0: Well, that that's amazing, that doubling every year. Um, I know there's probably a lot of church leaders that are listening in that are like, wow, I'd love to have that problem. But it really is a problem. That's a, a lot of people to try to get plugged in, get connected to the church. Um, how are you doing that? What does that look like at Mercy Hill? How are you kind of getting people, you know, I, sometimes I like using the word assimilation, but that does remind right. me of the board from Star Trek. So, uh, you know, how, how do you get people assimilated and get plugged in to Mercy Hill?
2: Yeah, so, we've had a bit of a transition with that over mm. the last 4 years. Um we're kind of unique in that the first almost year and a half we met at night uh, oh, interesting. uh in a park in like a clubhouse at S- in a park Sunday night? Yes. Yeah, okay, so cool. uh really honestly not ideal, probably the worst church building setting you can imagine. <laughs> uh 1970s clubhouse in a park, wood paneling all over the walls. Oh, nice. So that was kind of what we were doing and uh We were doing our best to assimilate people, but I think we were doing what a lot of churches do, and at least kind of in our sphere or types of church, you know, we were doing a class, it wasn't once a month, it was maybe once a quarter, every two months, it was kind of random when it was, we'd announce it, people would come, we wouldn't put a ton of effort into it, I mean, we didn't have a ton of staff involvement, I would be there, one other staff person would maybe be there, and... We would really just kind of talk about the theological beliefs of the church, what we believe, and basically just try to get people to commit to that. We would have a church covenant they would sign, and that was kind of it, and um, it kind of worked for us, I guess, for the first year and a half. But we finally just kind of realized, hey, this isn't – it's really not assimilating people into – what we actually want them to do mm-hmm. as a, as a person who's actually like plugged into the body.
0: Hey, before, you know, I mo- before I move on, what, what was happening where you started to have this creeping sense of like, mm, this just isn't working. Like what was it? That was kind of some of the evidence that you're thinking, you know, we need to shift this before you, you made a change.
2: Yeah. I think it was just, well, one, uh, our, our lead pastor, uh, Andrew Hopper, he, he had a conversation with another pastor, um, in town, uh, awesome church, Arc Church, and he was just kind of encouraging us, man, you know you, you guys maybe just need to think more about your uh, assimilation process. you know they do the growth track, and so Andrew kind of came out of that, and we just kind of spent some time really just kind of brainstorming, hey, how can we change what we do, and we just really realized, man we we 're trying to get people to affirm the beliefs of the church, but we're not really having them do anything coming out of our assimilation process so they're not you know they're not necessarily like plugging in to serve or to give or to get in a community group or to do community ministry (laughs) it's like they're just kind of coming out and kind of checking a box and saying hey we're going to be part of your church you know but i kind of feel like new testament church membership is really more about it is about the beliefs obviously but Mm -hmm it 's really about a certain group of people together, one local body, doing certain things together, so serving right. the community, sharing the gospel, you know giving generosity, stewardship, all those things mm-hmm. that 's the part we just totally we 're missing you
0: know interesting, yeah, I know you know in, in our church when we launched launch a new campus. We have a similar kind of focus in that the only thing that people can sign up for is to volunteer, to plug in and actually make the thing happen. We don't really wanna know, are you just gonna to go to the new thing? We want you to know, are you gonna plug in? Are you gonna be you know, a part of it? Are you gonna make it happen? So what did you shift to? So you kind of went from like a more standard, kind of sounds like more like a theological, kind of this is what we believe to here's how we want you to engage. Here's how we want you to plug in. Um, and what did that look like? How did you kind of increase the engagement?
2: Yeah, so we did about three or four things just completely different. We, we really just kind of blew up the old process. And right. um, it was really a God thing for us in terms of the timing because it happened right when we switched from Sunday nights to Sunday mornings. And uh, so we just saw, you know, we went from like 400 to like 900 people in like a three or four month period. So we we're also switching our assimilation process during the same time. So it just just happened to be really the perfect time for us. So the first thing we did is we closed all the other doors of connection to our church. Mm. So sometimes in churches it's like, man, you could sign up to volunteer. You could sign up for a community group. You know, you can maybe sign up for something for community ministry. And so there's a lot of different doors Mm. that a person can connect to the Mm. church. So we just totally shut all those doors down. And we started telling people, hey, pretty much the only way to connect to Mercy Hill is through our weekender process. Mm. So we shut all the other doors down. Uh, The other thing we did, um, and I don't know why, we just hadn't thought of this before. Uh, (laughs) We we started announcing it pretty much every single week. Okay, yep. So we have it once a month, Mm -hmm. and we announce it probably 45 of the 52 weeks a year.
0: Wow. So So you're constantly talking about it. You're constantly moving people towards it. Yeah, so in our services, we only do two announcements.
2: Uh, we'll do two announcements and some sort of missional blessing, pray for missionaries, the congregation, whatever. So typically, every single week, one of those announcements is the weekender. So wow. over time, people kind of get the, you know, just the, your, your regular person in the congregation, they have a new friend or somebody that comes, and that new friend's like, man, I'm not really sure, how do I get connected? Everybody knows, hey, the only way to get connected is the weekender. Right. So that's, that's the big board to connect to Mercy Hill. Interesting.
0: Um, now, how much of you know you kind of the retool? Would you say was this the fact that you're doing it all the time? Is was has that been critical to the success? You feel like?
2: Yeah, we do it uh, once a month. Once a month. Besides yeah. the month of December, and then we'll take one month off in the summer. Okay, so two um, months a year, yeah. Yeah, so it's very consistent. Mm-hmm. Uh, we have very high uh, staff commitment. So on Friday night of the Weekender, our pretty much our entire staff is there. Wow. Um, at least, definitely all our full-time staff. So we got 29 people on staff from intern to full-time and I'd say 15 of them are going to be there on that Friday night wow. uh, of the weekend or so people kind of feel that, mm-hmm. um, all our staff and all the congregation just knows, Hey, if you're, if you, if you meet somebody new, you, you tell them to go to the weekender. Mm-hmm. I mean, everybody, everybody, you can't be in our church for like two or three months. You start feeling guilty that you haven't, <laughs> right, right, right. um, The other thing that we did in terms of just changing the whole process Mm -hmm. is changing it into something that's more than just what people believe. But The Weekender is about plugging them in to do some things. So Mm. the basic uh, kind of format, it's a Friday night, uh, Saturday morning, and then Sunday, uh, they shadow one of our teams. Uh,
0: Well, let's back up here. So you went – No, it is a Weekender. uh, I thought that was just a clever name. Uh, So you uh. went from like a one-hour class or something like that every couple months – to a Friday night, Saturday morning, and Sunday experience.
2: Yeah, yeah. Oh my
0: goodness. And that okay. So walk through what happens at each of those.
2: Yeah, it's funny because some people were telling us when we did this, they're like, "There's no way this is gonna work." Right. Like,
0: right. It sounds crazy, right? Like yeah. it's crazy.
2: You know, you're you're asking people to give up like six hours of their weekend or whatever, but we tried it. I mean, we we used to only like 400 people the very first year, wow. um, and we were only a church of like 800 at the time or 900. You know, oh, so my goodness, wow. Um, so Friday night is really kind of the theological portion where mm. we have two kind of hour-long talks. So mm. they come Friday night. We have a catered, a nice catered meal. Uh, let's say there will be 10, 15 tables. Uh, we'll have a host at every table that's a staff member. So mm. uh, all, all of our staff members and their spouses will be there hosting the tables. So the people mm. come, hang out for 30, 45 minutes, just get to know our staff, hang out, meet people, meet some other new people that, that are at their table that are just plugged into the church, and then – We'll have two talks that are more theological. The first one is on our ministry plumb lines, and uh, they use these a lot at the summit. Uh, JD's real big on these, and we've really—we kind of use these, and Mm -hmm. just—it's all about our kind of DNA and ministry philosophy, Mm -hmm. so we just kind of talk about how we do ministry as a church. So we we want people to be very clear that we're a simple church. You know, we don't own a ton of ministries. We just do a a couple of different ones, and so— People really understand the ministry philosophy, and then the second talk we do is more theological, where I I do a I do a teaching on um, really some of the big core theological beliefs of the church. You know, the Bible, baptism, the church, elders, kind of all that. So that's Friday night. Saturday morning is all about how people get connected to the church. So we have a talk on generosity. Mm -hmm. We have a talk on serving, so that you know Sunday morning first impressions, our tech team, uh, all of that, and then uh we have a talk on community groups wow so that saturday morning they come out of that kind of understanding okay hey th- these are my next steps this is how i connect in all these different areas mm-hmm. and we'll give them something like in the talk on generosity you know we have a print of, of like hey you know here's how to do online giving if you want to you know right. here's here's how to plug into this sunday they come we have three services right now so we have two sunday morning services and a sunday night service they're all the exact same service mm-hmm. They come and they shadow a volunteer team on Sunday um, and get plugged in that way so that 's kind of the wow that 's kind of the whole process um,
0: now talk about kind of the results from that so um, you know compare and contrast you talked a little bit about that that you know first year you did it, you you know assimilated four hundred people. How does that compare to like first time guests or like how, how what are you kind of seeing as the results of all that activity because that 's a tremendous amount of activity
2: right right yeah we 're seeing a lot of people. Uh, plug in to serve coming out of it and plug into the things that we're kind of asking them to plug into Mm -hmm. we're very clear up front that it's the whole weekend it's it's kind of a big commitment but it's very very important Mm -hmm. uh for us and we kind of feel like we've been able to kind of call people up to that level right um and a lot of times people just kind of dive in head first um so yeah i mean it's Every month is a little different. You know, some months we'll see people that have been at the church for like two years or 18 months. (laughs) Where have you been? Yeah. Yeah. They kind of feel a little embarrassed, you know, when they tell you they've been at the church for two years, you know. And then, you know, during other seasons, especially, you know, seasons where there's a lot of first-time guests, uh, we'll just see a ton of first-time guests at the weekender. Some people are not ready, uh, Mm -hmm. especially in an environment where we have a lot of college students, you know, maybe a lot of unbelievers coming to the church. Some people just aren't ready for that. Right kind of jumping in feet first, you know, but other people who maybe they moved to the area and, and they're a believer and they got some church background, it's just kind of an easy process for them to just kind of plug right in. Wow,
0: uh, that's that's amazing. <clears throat> um, so how many people are you, uh, you know, attend on a weekend now? And what's kind of the last few months kind of average weekend or attendance? I'm trying to get a sense of scale of, you know, what that's right, like. Right,
2: right. So uh, our church size right now, uh, we just, we have probably 300 and, 50 college students, maybe. So they just all left for the semester. <laughs> right.
1: So you boom, uh, it drops down. A
2: lot of them going back up north and stuff. So we yep. got some private schools. We mm. see a lot of that. So right now, we're probably total attendance, 1,400, uh, 1,500 people. Yep. yep. Uh, I'd imagine in the fall, we're going to be up near 2,000, probably. Right. 1,900, something like that. Uh, so that kind of gives you an idea of our size. Yeah. Our, our, our weekenders are typically anywhere between 25 on the small. Uh, size to ninety, maybe mm-hmm. just depending on kind of how yeah. things are going. So a lot of times it's like we'll have we'll have a smaller one thirty
0: thirty five, and then we'll have one with like sixty five seventy. Right, um, but but even at a, even at ninety, that's still a reasonable size group to connect with. You know, that's not that's not an overwhelming number of people. You know, particularly on yeah. that Friday night if you've got fifteen staff there. Um, you know, everybody's gonna get a touch. Everybody's gonna get connected with somebody. Um, you know, that's that's amazing. And what would you say to other churches that are thinking, huh, maybe this is an interesting way to go. Maybe we should go crazy like these guys and, you know, jump in, what would you do different, uh, knowing now what you do about the uh, Weekender?
2: Yeah, man, I just think, I, I just think we didn't think enough about assimilation on the front end of when we started our church. Right. Um, I mean, you know, we're in the south and so, sometimes people in the South just show up for church and they don't even know why somebody's just invited them. Right. You know, it's, it's a more kind of friendly environment, but in general, I would say, man, if, if a church has good preaching and they do their services well, there's going to be word of mouth advertising. Mm-hmm. People are going to invite people, but the way you grow is if those people stay, Yes. you know, mm-hmm. it's like Larry Osborne's book, Sticky Church. It's like, man, you have as many people come to the front door as you want, but, the, really, the difference between churches that are growing churches that are not is not that new people don't ever show up. It's just that new people that show up actually stay. Yep. So, you know, however you do the assimilation process at your church, it's got to be maybe the very most important thing that you do, um, besides preaching the gospel. I mean, absolutely. You know, so
0: that's like what attracts people, and then that's what gets people to stay. Um, so, absolutely. You know, I think most churches actually their problem isn't. Uh, it's not. It's not really a. Um, are there enough guests coming to the church? Even even small churches. That's really not their problem. Their problem is getting people to stick and stay. And yeah. you know what I love that you're doing here is you've put a bunch of resources, effort, and energy. Towards trying to capture those people, you're doing it in, and I think I think there is something behind. You, you mentioned it there, there's something about kind of a high call, like, hey, this is a big deal. You're going to have to invest a bunch in this to make this happen, which then sets people up in the right mindset for then when you're articulating, hey, here is you know your next step. Here's how you take those um, next steps because they're they're already they've already made a huge commitment to be there in the first place. This is
1: the Unseminary Podcast. Stuff you wish they
0: taught in seminary. Well, we're going to jump into the lightning round, that part of the show where we ask similar questions of everybody that's on the show. Uh, today, super excited to have Bobby Harrington with us from Mercy Hill Church. It's a great church doing some great stuff. Uh, Bobby, what's an online resource you're using these days that's helping you out?
2: Man, I wouldn't say it's an online uh, resource, but we've recently moved to uh, Mag Bookkeeping. Yeah, uh, nice. Which, uh, for an executive pastor, that's huge. We're, we're only about a month in, uh, but that's been, uh, it's been really, really good. I feel like i s- no, it wasn't your podcast. I saw them on somebody else's podcast, I think.
0: Yeah, no, they're great. MAG is fantastic. If you if you haven't checked out MAG Bookkeeping, you should. How was the onboarding process? Was that, because obviously you're early in, but you felt like kind of the transition over They're like a third party outsourced um, bookkeeping you know, service for folks that don't know How was the process of getting onboarded with them?
2: Yeah, so we were doing everything in-house from the very beginning. I have a business background, and I basically just locked myself in a basement, taught myself how to do bookkeeping at the beginning, and so that's kind of how we've started. But we've, we've grown so much now. Um, we finally we're just like hey we got we got to do something different here so it's been really good I mean they are very professional and you you can just tell that man they're they're experts in their field and what they do
0: and it's like man when it comes to finance and stuff that's what you want yeah, absolutely you don't want to mess around with that for sure what's a book you've read in the last I don't know maybe six months to a year that's had an Im- impact on your thinking
2: yeah so um, I'm in the last stages of finishing uh, my PhD oh, in nice. uh, <laughs> systematic theology Correct. so. I've kind of made a commitment over the last two years. I don't read anything except the Bible and stuff having to do with my dissertation. So, yes. um, I'm actually writing my dissertation on um, a philosophy of and kind of the- theological analysis of multi-site churches.
0: Mm, very cool. Um,
2: so there's not a lot out, there's not a lot out there from a theological perspective. So, one book I've recently read is uh, Tim Keller's new book on preaching. Mm-hmm. Um, I, fr- I think the subtitles, uh I don't I can't remember what the subtitle is but. The general title of the book is just Preaching. It's Preaching. So, Tim Keller um, Preaching.
0: Yeah, it's a great book. It's
2: really interesting because a lot of people pick up a ton of stuff from Keller's Preaching, Gospel Center, you know, engaging with skeptics, all of that. But in this book, he actually kind of gives you the philosophy of all of it.
0: Mm. Uh, very, very good. Very cool. Um, what's another ministry you're looking to that's kind of inspiring you these days?
2: Yeah, I mean, uh, man, it's ho- we're so inspired by the Summit Church, which, mm. you know, it's just kind of like sister church of ours. Yes. I mean, that's kind of where you know, uh, 30 members from our launch team, a number of our staff members, we all came from the summit. Mm -hmm. Um, They're right up the road from us, so they're only just a little more than an hour from us. So, um, man, yeah, we just are so inspired by everything they do. So. Very cool,
0: very good. Um, If you could get 15 minutes with any leader alive, uh, who would you want to get that with and why?
2: Yeah, um, I would think probably Matt Chandler. Mm -hmm. Uh, I just love his kind of commitment to theology preaching the bible but he's also in a very fast growing church you know and it's cool to see kind of that in both you know his love for church planning acts 29 mm-hmm. all of that
0: very cool Well, i can imagine being executive pastor uh keeps you really busy uh what do you do just for fun when you want to kick back relax you know have a little fun
2: yeah so um man i'm an addicted runner so oh nice <laughs> i'm probably anywhere from like 40 to 60 miles a week wow trail running just um, I run every day but Mondays, so nice. it's kind of what keeps me sane, honestly. Uh, I work all day, get home, go for a really hard run, and then do PhD work for like three hours that nice. night. So
0: That's good. Wow, that's... The, run,
2: the running kind of breaks up the day a
0: little bit for Absolutely. me. Absolutely. Well, that's cool. Well, Bobby, I appreciate you being on the show today. If people yeah. want to get in touch with the church or with you, how can they do that?
2: Yeah, probably uh, our, the church's Twitter, uh, Instagram, it's all at uh, GSO. Uh, Church website, mercyhillgso.com. It's probably the best way. Great.
0: Thanks so much, Bobby. Appreciate you being on the show today.
2: Yeah, man. Thanks.
1: Thank you for tuning in to this week's Unseminary podcast. Don't be shy. We'd love to connect. Check out Unseminary inbox. You can sign up at unseminary.com and we'll send you helpful training resources every week. Plus, you'll gain immediate access to our exclusive members area with tons of resources you can use. Connect with Rich on Twitter